Hello, everyone, and welcome to, by the way, a Bramley podcast. I'm your host, Laura Lomas, and uh, today we're doing something very different. Something makes me a little uncomfortable. But I love Breelin and I love Shannon, so we, Clue and I agreed to it. Um, the two chicks, uh, jerky girls, wanted to turn the tables on Clue and on me uh, and interview us. So this is very different. <laughs> I hope you guys like it. I hope any of you are interested in any of these stories that we tell. Um, and uh, it, 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 was, it was interesting to be on the other end of the microphone, I can tell you that. So here we go. Thank you to Shannon and Brie Lynn. We love you guys. Hello, fellow Bramley listeners. I am Shannon Ronan. And I'm Brie Lynn MacDonald. And we are the guest hosts for this latest episode of By the Way, a Bramley podcast. We are super excited and honored to be doing this as not only fans of the podcast, um, but that Laura and Clue were both open to the idea. Um, basically, we were recently driving into San Francisco and listening to the latest episode which featured Jason Tang, and it occurred to me it would be really fun to flip the microphone around on these two lovely ladies who are the founders, essence, and magic behind it all and get to know them a little bit more. So I imagine we're not alone in wanting to know more about you two, and we are super excited to dive in. So without further ado, we bring you Laura Lomas and Clue Clarity. Whee! <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with you, Laura, with just a few questions. Of course. Um, Laura here is the executive producer and host of, by the way, a Bramley podcast. Um, so again, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. And thank oh. you for having this uh, platform for all of us to enjoy. It's been really fun listening to all these episodes yeah. and learning all the backstories of different people. And it's yeah. just such a great way to um, involve the community of it and whatnot. Yeah, you guys do oh, an incredible gosh. job with all of it. So thank you. <laughs> thank um, you. I'm glad to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll dive in. Um, we'll you know start with this, an upbringing. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your upbringing, where you're from and where you are. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I was, I'm from New England, Mar um, Maryland and New York, but primarily Maryland, but I lived in England for many years. Um, I'm a Brit. I think the most interesting thing about me is like really kind of what I do, <laughs> which is kind of unique. <laughs> um, you know, I have a healing practice because I'm an intuitive. I'm a, um, I guess you could, even that, I think I should sort of back way up and um, explain that like when I was born, I was born with this purple birthmark on my forehead right here. And my mom was like, oh, you know, thought I was going to be disfigured or something. And the doctor was like, no, no, that'll fade at some point, maybe by the time she's seven or eight. And it did by the time I was seven or eight. But um, I used to have these raging fevers as a little kid. And this thing, this forehead thing would just get vibrant, really, really, really vivid. And I recall so clearly this sensation that used to occur like right up the front of my body as though somebody was unzipping me in a kind of painful way. And the next thing I knew, I would be like floating around on the ceiling. I would have these raging fevers, I'd be floating on the ceiling. It was like this, this thing that would happen hand in hand over and over and over again as a child. And so I was aware from above looking down as opposed to down looking up. So from a very young age, I was conscious of this duality that we exist in, in this body. Like astral projection? kind of set me on a path, you know, that brought me to doing the work that I do. That's very That's cool. really interesting. It, wait, so would you call that almost astral projection? Um, I don't, I think it's just a, 
my body would just go, well, actually, I mean, I don't know how much of this you want me to go into, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's for it. a lot of it, um, you know, the fevers were a release. And I think that every child has that happen on some level, you know, when kids are, you know, yes, there's issues with, um, you know, hallucinating and things like that when, when children have high fevers, but kids are very, very kind of connected to um, where we were before we were embodied. And so I think that you know, when I was having these fevers, it was like this kind of going home sense, but I used to be really petrified. You know, I'd be up there and I was afraid I was going to go out the window and never, never be able to find my way back. So I just remember being really scared, but yet very, very aware at the same time. It's, it's hard to explain. It's really wow. interesting. So cutting to today, the divine intuitive healing that you do, does that kind of tie in with that in general to that you felt like from the, the get-go you were intuitive and, and, and you never really lost that magic that a lot of us do when we get older of staying in touch with that. Exactly. That's exactly right. And so, you know, I spent my life, I mean, there were so many times, um, you know, I had, a. you know, I don't know if you've ever heard those sort of people who are in psychology, how that, how they say that if you are quote unquote intuitive, it's because you have trauma in your childhood. Well, I fit right into that category as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I had this, you know, highly evolved intuitive sense. Plus I had a lot of physical trauma as a child. So um, I learned how to read things very, very acutely, but it was also very natural for me to do that. It's not an either or, I'm an and in that yes. regard. So, you know, for instance, I used to spend every single weekend with my grandparents because things were very, very dysfunctional and abusive in my house at home. So every weekend I would go to my grandparents who I absolutely adored and who loved me. And I felt very safe there. And um, like, I remember, like I would always sleep in my grandmother's bed, which was such a treat because I was petrified of being alone, you know, and in my own bed in the dark. So I would just go to sleep and she would sort of stroke my back and it felt so good. But I remember again, like this sensation of like this, this expansion that would happen when she was doing that, that made me always worried I was going to push her out of the bed. So I'd be like curled up against the wall, you know, and she'd be stroking my, bed, my back. And I was always so worried. It was that I was pushing her. She's this tiny little Irish lady, you know, really thin and little, and I was just convinced I was going to push her on the floor, but I, I didn't get any bigger in physical form at all. I was just sort of aware of this kind of expansion. And so I realized when I was safe and felt loved, things got bigger. And when I was at home and things were not safe, things got smaller and scarier. And so all of, yeah, very much so. So all of these things played a role and played a hand in my developing this tool, this gift, whatever you want to call it. We all have it. It's not like I'm the only one. Um, and I get to use it to help other people. That's amazing that you channeled yeah. what could potentially be, you know, one way or another, if trauma could, can lend to darker places. So good for yeah. you. Yeah. I never, yeah. ever, even with the trauma, I never, I just, I just saw it all as love, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. it was either, your love was either present or it wasn't. I didn't see it as anything other than that. Just don't know. It's just the way it, I process things. That's, very That's cool. amazing. I very cool. Uh, looked up a little research on you or trying to stalk you a little bit. And I saw <laughs> some of the stuff and it seems like you've done a lot of different community involved things kind of on a healing level, but in a community kind of setting, which I think is so fitting for you to have started this Bramley podcast yeah. because the Bramley is such an amazing community. Yes. This really connects everybody together in a way of like, you know, you allow us to see a little bit more into others' lives that we hear about, you know, like, um, 
whether it's Randy's sister or someone from the band or somehow they're involved. And so it's really cool. Um, it's kind of interesting to see how that kind of morphed into. Yes. Well, you're so we natural at it. Yes. Like you, well, and so is Brandy, isn't she? I mean, that's. Yeah. Yeah. She really yeah. does that. She like puts that energy out and it draws us all in yeah. to this Bramley community, which is such a positive vibe. It's, it's so yeah. great. Yeah. But that's why you're right. an amazing host because that energy of yours actually it like you feel it through the computer when you're like you know you make it you make it comfortable which is nice <laughs> i'm glad to know that thanks yeah. <laughs> so tell us tell us about some i mean i guess that kind of covered i was going to ask you some other non-brandy bramley um passions but so you, you're healing but you know some other interests of yours that you like to do oh i love to garden i love to cook i love to hike i love to go to maine which we're about to do on wednesday for three weeks <laughs> I right. love to be around my children and my friends, and I love to go to shows. Obviously, music is huge, <laughs> but see, but music plays into everything we're talking about because it's a, a vibrational elevator. You know, you go into a, a show and you're in community, and you're listening to things that raise your vibration. So there is an actual elevation that takes place when yeah. we're in places. This is why, and I hope I'm not being really rude here, but you know, when you go to any of those um, evangelical churches, they have they basically put on rock shows nowadays yeah. because they understand the the value of raising people's vibration like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think understands it. She gets it. She gets it through yeah. and through. I think there's yeah. a trifecta of going to sh- like not only music, but actually going to a show because you have like the lyrical component mm-hmm. where you can really um, connect with like the words they're saying in the story. And then the music goes along with it, which hits you even more emotionally. And then at a show when you're all vibrating on that same level, um, and positivity, it just can be a really amazing thing. Yes, yes, yes. It's, 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 it is spiritual (laughs) (laughs) without it being religious. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this community, it's like came for the musics and we stayed for the community and you know, you're speaking to, I don't know the trauma that the misfits and all of us, I think that we, we recognize something in each other that we help each other heal almost. And there's, yeah, it's, it's absolutely. I actually, um, the first time I saw Brandy, um, she and Phil and Tim were on the stage and she opened her mouth and started to sing. And with like these eyes, not this side, but these eyes, I actually saw, and I've told her this story. I actually saw this sort of energy coming out. I thought maybe that there was like, um, what are those machines called where they have smoke? You know, what are those things called? Yeah. I thought that's effect. I thought yeah. was a little excessive for just three of them. But I was watching and I realized that's not what it was. And this energy was kind of coming out over the audience. And I, I saw people tapping into it, but not everybody, but some people were tapping into it. And, and I, I'm not sure I can't even really just explain specifically what that was. I mean, other than I'm convinced that uh, our girl has massive healing abilities yeah. <laughs> and, and I've told her so. <laughs> this was your first Brandy show? When, so when, one. when was, uh, when was that? <laughs> years ago, years ago. You remember where it was? Yeah, it was at the Paramount Theater in Rutland, Vermont. I think it was maybe my 40th birthday, and I'm about to be 58 next week. So, wow. Yeah. So they're just, they're babies. Yeah. yeah Everybody's babies. babies. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. And well, but it was powerful. It was incredibly powerful. I was holding on to my seat. My husband started talking. I was like, don't talk to me. Leave me alone. I'm in it. I was just so in this space. <laughs> yep. 
Well, so we saw that there's this story that Catherine had invited you along uh, with yeah. them to tour as their masseuse. I mean, <laughs> tell us, tell us about what that. is this? Tell us about this. <laughs> oh, if only she meant it. Um, so, <laughs> it was at, let me think, it was at the Shelburne Farms show, one of them a couple of years ago. This was when Evangeline was tiny because Catherine had had Evangeline on her shoulders. Um, and she'd strained her neck and um, Kelly was there. She was volunteering. She was just volunteer at this point. She was volunteering at um, the Looking Out Foundation booth and we were helping kind of take it down afterwards. And Catherine kept going like this with her shoulder. And I said, you know, you want me to get that out? I can get that out. She's like, oh yes, please. So I was I literally massaged this huge lump out of her neck and she was so pleased. She's like, oh, you must come on tour with us. You can be the masseuse. I was like, anytime just like, where do I sign up yeah. don't tease me with this <laughs> nice. well, it was kind of fun I was chatting with her while I was doing that um I used to live in Clapham and she lived in Clapham right around the corner from me that was kind of fun to know in <laughs> England in England mm -hmm. oh okay in London yeah well, that's kind of a cool way to bond a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> I've brought her Marmite before <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so when are you gonna get her on the show yeah, yeah. No. I have asked her. She hasn't said no. Let's put it that way. All right. Has, there's, there's not a definitive no. Um, there wasn't a definitive yes. So I think the door is still open. So we'll see. Nice. Fingers crossed. Maybe if we all bugger enough. Yeah. I think we should start a campaign. Signature <laughs> really <laughs> video, please. Like, like you know, when Brandy was doing her cover stories album and she was pleading with like Adele and stuff, we should do like a Catherine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that. So you mentioned cover stories. I wouldn't have mentioned this otherwise, but. Um, so there was a fun thing that was going on back then. Um, Brandy was desperately trying to get in touch with Adele uh, to get permission to be able to put her version of Again Today on, is it Again Today? I think just on the Cover Stories album. And for like a year, she was trying to get in touch with her and she was having so much trouble. And so she was asking everybody, this is before, you know, the Bramley existed and everything. Um, but she was asking people on her, I don't know, was it, Instagram back then, I don't even remember. Um, if anybody knew anyone, and of course I know a lot of weird people, a lot of weird connections. And a friend of mine was, um, she was a stylist for uh, Emma Thompson for many, many years. Wow. And so I asked her if she could check in, if she knew anybody and she knew a friend of hers who was Adele's stylist. So the next thing you know, Adele is giving permission for that to happen, which was really So funny. you're the woman behind <laughs> the woman, the, the Adele getting onto the, that's pretty amazing. I, 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 that is my story and I'm sticking with it. I know that there are other people who believe differently, but I know that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Well, and just the power of connection, right? Yeah. And bringing yeah. people together. And so I got to go. So, so because of that, I won this like little, like private party at Carlisle's at the Carlisle room. And I was able to bring 10 of the fans with me and everybody and we got to have this lovely kind of private dinner um oh, fun. And, and then brandy played the whole of the album for us for the first time and gave us little stories and told us fun stories and one of the fun stories she shared was that um you know how dolly parton did the um uh the cover for the story yeah and brandy was a little bit worried and i'm sure i i can tell this story because i've heard her tell this story so i'm not, I'm not telling <laughs> porky pies um she was worried about the fact that she might not be able to hit the high notes. And so she sort of said to Dolly and whatever, however she phrased it was, you know, you don't, we can turn it down a notch or play it in a lower key or whatever. And Dolly was like, no, honey, I got this. 
She goes, and I'm going to dollyize it. And so she completely made that song her own and hit all of those high notes. And Brandy was absolutely flabbergasted. <laughs> I like nice. her. I love Dolly's version of that song, actually. I do too. Yeah. I love it. I mean, was talking it. <laughs> That's so cool. So the Carlisle room, when we, we just went there for our first time this year before the the Thursday night before the Gord show. And we got oh, a, a bunch of Bramley that I just kind of blasted. And it was like, whoever can make it, Clue came. Clue was there. Um, and it was so fun. And then we ended at the Wild Rose. Uh, maybe oh, it was fun. too much fun. But yeah, it was. <laughs> well, a funny story there too. They were, he was playing like music that was, you know, it was all right, background stuff, whatever. And then Shannon went up and was like, if you just put on, um, what was it, hold out your hand or put on some Brandy Carlisle. Yeah. I'm telling you, <laughs> this is the crowd. Work. Yeah. Trust me, here's some money and you're, and he, so he did it and you put on hold out your hand. And of oh, course, you know. <laughs> excellent. Yeah. So. You know, when, when we left, um, a bunch of us left, you know, after the event and we were walking down the street to go have, it was like sort of drinks and appetizers stuff and amazing food, it was delicious. Um, but we were looking for like a place to go eat dinners around nine o'clock at night. And we saw Catherine and Amber and Brandy walking down the middle of the street, like arm in arm like this, just like walking away from the event. Like, like they looked like they were walking down the yellow brick road. Like, you know, we're all just <laughs> nice. with it. it was the cutest thing. <laughs> we didn't bother them or anything, but they were just like on their own. This was very sweet. I doubt she'd be able to do that these days. Nah. Yeah. Was this, was that event where we saw a picture of um, you and Brandy and a cake that says Bramwell? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. it is. Okay. We were going to ask you about that yes. cake. <laughs> yes, that, that's the cake. Cool. Nice. How fun. Yeah. I mean, the it's, thing is, what's kind of nice, I don't want to um, jump ahead too much and talk about Clue, but this has just popped in my mind. You know, um, she's kind of like, you know, of uh, uh, the younger generation, newer fan. She's been around for a couple of years now. I've been around for forever, you know, old fan. We like bookend this kind of mm -hmm. immense, um, you know, well, we'll call it a rainbow of all mm -hmm. these different people that follow her and all the different ages and how it really connects to somebody in a deep, deep way. It has nothing to do with, um, you know, a particular genre of music or a particular age group or a particular mm -hmm. like look that people have. It, it spans everything which to me is just it's precious you know it, it's, it's one of the great gifts in my life yeah. yeah it's one of the unique things about it all too i was telling my parents we took actually got lucky enough to take my mom and my dad on to separate shows this year for their first brandy carlisle experiences both of them i looked over at one point were crying which i'm like you're getting it yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, they're all musicians so they they tapped in yeah, yeah. but it was that i, I took I took my mom to one of the pin drop tours. It's the only one I've ever taken. Oh, she was cool. like, oh, I get it, Laura. They yeah. all, everybody says that afterwards. I get it. Everybody totally. <laughs> it's so great to see you, too. There's something special about taking somebody for their first time. And, you know, yes. we're, we're pretty fresh. I mean, compa compared to you, you know, who've been following these guys for like 18 years or whatnot. And we, uh, our first concert seeing them live was actually right before COVID hit. So we got to see him at the Greek theater in Berkeley for our first time. Oh, and I had been turned on to their music like 2012. I was sent their tiny desk concert, um, which was really cool. But I, you know, for whatever reason, I guess I was just on like a Sarah Borella's kick at the time or something. And so <laughs> it was a few years later when I was really like, oh my gosh. So, <laughs> yeah. You're going to be thrilled with the lineup. And oh my gosh. I know. I wish we could go this year. <laughs> we went last year and it was so fun that we can't, I don't, I don't know if we can swing it or not. Sarah yeah. Bell is awesome, yeah. So. Well, well, you'll have to ask 
clue about how I met her and her first time. Yeah. That's, I'll let her so, talk about that. Oh, that's totally. Weekend. Luke, Luke, <laughs> well, yeah, here. So, any other favorite uh, anecdote stories you'd like to share? And then, oh, can I yeah, I do it? have one really fun story, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it was, let me think, it was the, it was the night before her playing Radio City Music Hall. It was October. I don't remember what year, probably. No. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> you know how old people normally can be like, it was this year, it was that year. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it was, a, it was the first time she played Radio City, or, or at least the first time she was the um, headliner at Radio City. I don't, I don't know if she'd ever played as an opener prior to that. I don't know. Um, but anyway, the night before, uh, I had this dream. And in my dream, I have this like really, really nice green corduroy coat, which I covet. I love this fucking thing. And in my dream, Brandy was like, God, I really love that coat. And I was like, you do? Okay, well, let me give it to you. And I gave her my coat. And she goes, oh, no, thanks. But if I, I've got to give you something. And she took a, like a necklace off of her, um, off of her neck and she put it on me. And that was the dream. And so I was telling my friends as we were driving into New York City to go to the show and we thought it was all very funny. The show was phenomenal, of course. Um, and afterwards, everybody was waiting behind the, the um, venue to see if they could talk to her. And that was just getting, she, for whatever reason, she was really late. I think that um, because it was such a big event for them, there, were a lot of, there was a lot of partying going on backstage, a lot of VIPs that were there talking to her and everything. And so by the time she came out, it was really late. We chatted with um, Phil and Tim and Josh, but she kind of came out and just waved and got on the bus. And... Um, and as the bus started to go down the road, it was going really slowly. The, she came down to the area where you first step onto a, um, you know, a bus and she rolled the window down and put her hand out and was kind of you know, shaking people's hands. <clears throat> and I was standing next to this guy. I have no idea who it is. So if he hears this story, I want, I want more information. Um, and he said to her, why didn't you play Dreams? I love that song, Dreams. I wanted to hear Dreams. And she's like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. And she reaches up and takes a necklace off of her neck and puts it in his hand, right as my hand is here. It like goes right past my hand. Wow. <laughs> Next to me. I was like, that's About mad. dreams that you had dreamed. <laughs> and of course, the song was dream that he mentioned. I had that dream. She takes the necklace off, but she gave it to him, not to me. <laughs> that's cool. That's crazy. I, I think when, uh, yeah, I definitely one who likes to pay attention to dreams. <laughs> no do. pun intended yeah <laughs> how cool anyway. so awesome well i think we're uh, gonna maybe uh move on and ask clue a few Definitely. questions are you ready miss clarity <laughs> yeah you got it all right so everybody this is clue clarity she is the editor of by the way a bramley podcast makes it smooth that. and magical Hello, Clue. Thanks also for being willing to do this and getting in front of the of the microphone, so to speak. Um, so we'll start with you, kind of similar to Laura. We're just, you know, wondering a little bit about your upbringing and where you're from, and we'll go from there. Perfect. Yeah. So I'm originally from Massachusetts, and I grew up just my mom and I. She's a single parent. So we had a really special relationship and continue to have it in some ways. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Then I moved to DC for school and I've been here ever since. When did you move to DC? For college and it was around 2014. Okay. And we did a little digging on you too. So we found out that you, um, you have your two bachelors in um, 
public health and sociology. So, and it, you're doing stuff with a nonprofit, but I wasn't, if you would just explain a little bit more, I think it's with youth or. Yeah, how are you, how are you using this? Yeah, no, you really did do some digging. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I work at DC Scores. It's a nonprofit here in DC that works with youth throughout the city. We serve about 3,000 kids and we combine soccer, slam poetry, and service learning and social justice work in an after school, out of school time environment. And all our programming is free. Wow. Nice. Is it all ages or? Yeah, so we go from around kindergarten all the way up to eighth grade, and that's where the highest need is because in D.C. there aren't a lot of soccer leagues um, for all youth, I would say. There's a lot of pay-to-play, which is a model, which is essentially you pay to play in leagues and you pay for travel or even rec, but a lot of communities in D.C. don't have access to that, so we're really providing that at the school level and at the school community level, so we're not just creating teams on the field but within the school we're creating community and they get up and they perform at an actual physical in-person poetry slam so we bring all the schools together from the east side all the schools together from the west side and middle schoolers and they all compete against each other in a poetry slam which is awesome very cool did you grow up playing soccer was that a passion of yours Mm -hmm. also like okay yeah I actually in college I was working at an after-school program that was pretty similar to DC scores. And I remember being like an assistant because I was a federal work study student. And halfway through the day, my kids would go, oh, Miss Clue, I have to leave and go to DC scores. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what that is. And then when I graduated and I was at a job that I didn't like, I saw DC scores pop up on a job board and I was like, oh, I have to apply that. Like, I, I love soccer. I am a big advocate for public health, obviously. And I also was able to combine like the two things that I was like most passionate about and love so much. So yeah, it was a perfect fit. That's amazing. Yeah. To find that combo is very cool. Mm-hmm. And great work. You're doing yeah. Too. It sounds like it's amazing work. Um, so oh, I forgot what I was going to ask. Oh, all right. <laughs> so do you have, in addition to any of that, any other non-Brandy Bramley passions as well? I'd say my whole life is at this point, soccer related. I also, aside from the nonprofit that I work at, I also coach in the pay to play system too, because I work at a nonprofit and I need uh, brandy money to follow them around the country. So I coach a lot. I coach girls under 11 and 12 travel teams as well. Um, Aside from that, I like going outside, just walking around near Rock Creek Park, which is like a, it's a little park in DC. It's not like the most beautiful park in the world, but at least it's a little bit of nature and there's some trees here. So I love doing that. I love hanging out with my dog and my partner, Lily. So a lot of times we'll just hang out and chill. We got a nice rooftop here under the apartment building. So just chilling. Yeah, she's great. It was really nice to meet her. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like a beam (laughs) of light like well, positive both? yeah <laughs> you're good for each other yeah <laughs> yeah I think we really we really balance each other out which is nice because yeah. in some scenarios I feel really like the more extrovert and some scenarios she's the more extroverted person and I feel like in that way we're at least able to manage a lot of social interactions super totally. well together you're like nice. tap out your turn yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly balance balance is key right and she's smarter. So it makes it nice because I can just lean back and be like, oh, yeah, you can just talk about social theory and all these amazing things, and all <laughs> the great work she does, too. So I'll just sit there and be like, yep. And <laughs> when people want to drink, they're like looking at me like, oh, 
you know, are you gonna, <laughs> are you gonna, where's the wine? And I'm like, I got it. <laughs> nice. So when did you start, um, when did you first hear about Brandy and kind of get involved in the whole brand? Becoming scene? a fan and yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been listening to Brandy's music for a while. I, I started listening to Bear Creek and I had a, like, I really had this bad friendship breakup and I heard the song Heart's Content and I just like latched onto that back in probably like, it was in high school. And I think that was, well, I guess it was before 2014, but it's probably like 2013 or so. So I started listening to her music back then. And then as Lauren mentioned earlier, I became an adult and was like, oh, I have adult money. I can do things that I want <laughs> to do because I I, ra- I rarely went to a concert growing up. I had probably been like three concerts before I went to college. And one was Reba McIntyre and the other one was like Lady A or something like that with friends who like brought me there. Um, but yeah, started going to concerts and my first concert ever was actually girls just want a weekend in 2020 oh, the geez. second one wow get us at the bar yeah dang <laughs> it was actually the demise of my concert going because now be anytime i go to a concert nothing can beat my first brand new concert ever i right. was at girls just want a weekend obviously girls just want a weekend too there was the huge storm i don't know if you've heard about that Um, but everything started flooding, like people's rooms started flooding. The stage was getting messed up. Things were flying everywhere. And they were like, oh, we're going to have to, we're going to have to postpone the concert. And I was like, wait, but this is a weekend. Like what, when are they going to postpone it to? Yeah. So I get word from like through the grapevine that, oh, go to heaven's lobby and there's going to be a concert there. So I go there. I'm like pretty late to the concert because I was hanging out with my new roommate that I had never met before and randomly just was like, on Facebook found her, um, Chrissy, love her to death. Um, but went and was maybe a couple rows back was probably like third or fourth row because the Stegmans who I also love were, they're all Grand Rapids, Michigan folks. So they were like holding spots. So I went up to them and they start like saying things to people. I'm like, Oh, this is her first concert. Like she's never been to a Brandy concert before. And of course, Laura is right in front of us at the front of the stage. And she starts ushering me up to the stage and saying like, no, you like, and it was the, it was the crew of folks who had been there for a while. So Amy and Laura and Julie and all of them. And they were like, oh, it's this girl's first concert. She has to be in the front. So they pushed me up to the front of the stage and I am standing right in front of where the band is about to be. And I didn't realize just how intimate that concert was, but I'll never forget it. And I'll never be able to thank Laura enough for really pushing me to that. Cause I never would be a person who's going to push forward at a concert or anything. I really try to be respectful of people around me, but it was just such a wild, wild experience. How cool. And for your first time. And I mean, they ruin most concerts anyways, after you see them live. Right. <laughs> but I mean, for that experience, it's like, so is that how you and Laura met? Is that literally like mm-hmm. the, that was oh, the moment wow. right there. And I just remember looking back and I was singing every lyric and I was like, oh, she knows all the lyrics. Like she's a true fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until this day, I know all the lyrics to pretty much every song. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that's an interesting thing. So, so one Bramley person, because it kind of answers the question for one concert, you getting to the front row. But <laughs> some other Bramley people were like, uh, will you ask Clue what her lucky horseshoe is and how she gets the front row all the time? So <laughs> do you have <laughs> Do you just tell people it's your first time every time or do you <laughs> actually no. Yeah. Um for the gorge... by the way, so that might not work. I don't know. <laughs> now now people know they're like, oh yeah, she she's yeah. she's around. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have pretty good luck, honestly. One of them, one other front row experience was the solo DC show. And we, we stood outside the venue starting at like 8 a.m. in the morning. So mm-hmm. that was a little hard work rather than luck. Um, <laughs> but I definitely got lucky for the gorge this past year. I was front row, a little bit to the left, but center. And I don't know how it happened. I was just on the Bramley pre-sale, just like everybody else. At first, like seats came up really far back. And I was like, I'm going to wait a little bit. Stop stressing out. Stop freaking out, Clue. Like, it doesn't matter where you are. It's going to be like the best concert ever anyways, because it's a gorge. And then 10 minutes later, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try again. It pops up. I'm like, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> this is front row. And I was like, oh, I got to buy these quick. So well, it's then. a lot of luck. Yeah. Trust, trust the process, right? Trust the process. Trust the process. Yeah. <laughs> Wanted to ask you real fast. What, what is your favorite BCB Bramley memory? I don't know if it's a specific memory, but I think any of the XOBC camps are just so phenomenal. Like I love being with everybody and I love getting to be part of the community. I think one of the most special things for me about the Brandy community and being queer myself is that I think Brandy in the community she creates is one of the first communities where I felt 100% myself and felt like I could be myself when I showed up. I didn't have to hide any part of me. I didn't have to hide being queer. I didn't have to hide or try to like assimilate into like, you know, any type of culture. And that felt really great for me. So I think anytime I'm in that environment, I just feel really happy and excited to be part of it. The bubble. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just touching on that, I don't think I really noticed that mm-hmm. or um, the lack of that, I guess, that I had until going to mm-hmm. these events and then feeling that. And then I was like, oh man, this is so great. Like I didn't have this before. And and then going back to real world and being like, wow, it really is the brandy bubble they talk about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. It's a cool but, thing. Yeah. yeah. That's really so, all right, we're going to do some together questions now <laughs> with both of you. Hey. Um, some of them I, guess- I, have, I have to pipe in though I think one of the coolest things about Clue is that photo that Pete Souza took of her <laughs> oh yeah oh it's amazing yeah Clue always looks ecstatic in all the pictures I'm like <laughs> yes <laughs> just bottle that be great. in the zone I love it and on the um, you know when I watched all the Gorge live streams and stuff she, they've always they've always zero in on her she's looking like she's in, yep. in heaven you know <laughs> <laughs> that's why I mean you know they're like, oh, get her on film again. Yeah. <laughs> so brilliant. It is cool. Um, so, all right. Well, we touched on some of them. I was going to ask how you two met, but we just found out Laura helped usher Clue into the front for her very first show. That's pretty amazing. Yes, she, um, she was sprinkled with first row, you know, dust after that point forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Laura's it magic. The rain. Just, it was the just... Mexican rain. Yes. I got Laura's special sparkly sparkles all over me. It just has followed me through my whole Brandy path and Bramley path. I think we should start a new hashtag called Lomas Love. Um, Like she spreads into the world and puts out there to everybody she talks to and heals and yeah. I like that. Well, <laughs> maybe we should name the episode Lomas, Lomas Love. I don't know. Figure something out. <laughs> um, all right. So do you two have a favorite podcast? Well, no, wait. How did the podcast come to be? That's the That should be the next question. That so, yeah. was at Girls Just Want a Weekend. Um, I was lying on the beach. I was with, um, I was hanging out with Julie and my and our, the roommates, Bree and Amy. And we were just chatting. Sable there? I can't remember if Sable was there. Um, 
And we just, I don't know, I just sort of, it just came to me. I just thought, God, that would be a really cool thing to do. And so, so, yeah. so you had this idea in uh, at Girls Just Wanna for this podcast. Yes. How did you and Clue connect on it? How did, yeah. And how did the sound editing, have you, you know, like. Was it a natural fit? You're like, I'll host and you edit and. Well, I just adored Clue the minute I, the minute I met her and we pulled her up front with us. And I was like, oh. This, Everybody I, does. I, I, you just see, she's special. I mean, look at that. Look at that face she beams, you know. Yeah. So um, there was just, I just took an instant, you know, I just adored her from the second I met her. Just, I could just see this like little mini me on some levels of like, just, just so nice. You know, she was, I don't mean I'm nice. I just mean she was so nice. Um, but like somebody who just loved the music the way I do. That's what I mean. Yeah. So um, I don't know, Clue, how did I get you to do it? Well, no, we had stayed in contact. And I mean, just Laura saying, even telling your story a little bit about how like you just connected with the music and instantly it was like a different, you were in a different place. It brought you to a different place. I think we instantly had that connection and we knew like, we are the same in that sense. Like when the band is playing, we're in a we're on a different planet. We're like in a different world and a different dimension, really, uh, around the music and just really feeling it from your head to your toes and like every single cell of your body is just like in a different, in a different essence, really. So with that being said, we just kept in contact, I think through social media here and there. We'd be like, oh hey, how's it going? You know, so great meeting you. And one day Laura reached out and she was like, hey, do you know anything about podcasts or like maybe how I would be able to create a podcast? And I was thinking in my head, I was like, no, you know nothing. You literally know nothing about editing. You know nothing about podcasts. But of course I'm like, yeah, let me, let me do some, let me do some research. I, I mean, I didn't lie. I said, let me do some research, right? Let me do some research and see what I can dig up. So I started digging and I'm like, okay, this doesn't seem that hard. I, I don't think Laura's looking for like a, the most professional podcast in the world, but I can, I can definitely get the audio, put it together, take a look at editing, see what that looks like. And I had edited videos and stuff for my job and for school and everything. So I was pretty familiar with some editing software. So I was like, yeah, sure. Why don't, why don't you go ahead with it? And I'll figure it out at the end. Let's, let's see what happens. So Laura went and Alicia and sent me the raw audio and we figured it out from there. That's awesome. That is very cool. <laughs> hey, sometimes you got to jump into the fire and learn, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she does a brilliant job. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Awesome. So do you have, uh, the two of you have a favorite podcast memory? Oh. Your funniest one, or maybe a question you, you wish you'd asked? You know, the one I feel like I giggled the most was with Kyleen. She cracked me up. I don't know. She and I were just laughing the entire time. I was like, it was <laughs> or something. So I laughed most of her. I, I think, you know, Josh and Tiffany and Hannah and Ike and Sean. I, ah, Susa. Jesus, that was, that was the one that had my knees kind of quaking a little bit, even though I kind of know him because Jane is a dear friend of mine. So it's like, you know, and I've met him enough times. So it's not like I have a dinner with him. It's not like it's, it was a surprise, but I don't know that that would make me nervous because I wanted to make sure it was you know it was good but he was so brilliant he just was so generous with his stories mm-hmm. that was a really good episode I, I, I we're huge fans of his so that was really fun I mean you guys were brilliant everybody's been amazing I don't That's know you just get to well, meet what about you? well for me I mean from the back end of things I get the raw audio so it could be an hour 
It could be two hours and <laughs> when Laura talks too much. <laughs> and then multiply that by at least three. And that's pretty much how long it takes to edit it. So oh, okay. if, I'm, if I'm listening, I'm listening really intently, trying to get well, first off the vibe, trying to figure out what stories are going to be said, because naturally in conversation, it's not a linear process, right? You're, you're thinking about things and you're going off here, you're going off there. And I'm trying to put those pieces together. So it sounds a tiny bit more linear and a tiny bit more structured, right? But you want to keep the integrity of the conversation too, but make it make sense for people. Because if people listen to something and they're like, wait a second, they're talking about this, this, and then they go back to this. I try to cut those things around. So they stay together more, uh, just so it's has a little bit more of a story and has a little bit more of like an arc, right? So my favorite memory is I get a message from Laura and she's like, Clue, don't hate me. And I'm like, oh no, what's going to (laughs) happen? And from up until this point, probably every interview had been maybe an hour and a half max of raw, raw audio, right? And she says, so I know it takes you a really long time to edit and I know you put a lot of care into everything, but I just had this amazing interview with Rob, the voice coach, and his raw audio is almost three hours. <laughs> and I was like, I think my, I was, I audibly gasped. And I was looking at him and I was like, like, oh my goodness, this is going to take a long time. But it was actually probably my favorite experience because he just has such an interesting story and interesting life leading up to where he is now but also his experiences with Brandy too were super cool and interesting in the ways that he has been able to transform her abilities as well and really add on to what she already brings to the table. But I think that was the funniest moment when I just, <laughs> when Laura was like, oh no, clue. I just looked back. I was trying to wrap up the conversation, but it was just so interesting and I wanted to hear more and he clearly wanted to talk more. So she was like, I guess we're going to have to have a part two. And I was like, well, one day we will have another part two, but I'll cut it down to as much as much as possible right now and try to create that same vibe and be able to close up the ends. <laughs> and we are going to have a part two. Rob's already agreed to it. So we are going to do part two. I wanted, because I'm really curious about what he has to say about now. Because the last, um, when I interviewed him, it was right after that first big Grammy performance. So now that she's had a second big Grammy performance and has hit the stratosphere, I'm curious to see how things have shifted with, you know, the work that they do and how he's helping her and all that kind of stuff. Well, and her voice. I mean, you listen to the records and you, you hear the evolution of it, which is so beautiful. Um, all right. So ladies, we're going to do a lightning round now. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I hope that wasn't. Downloaded all these sound effects for this, the, the podcast. So, all right. So this is both of you. It's just kind of going to be like easy. Yes, no, or short answer questions. Um, we'll start with favorite Brandy album. The Bear first Creek. one for me, because that was the first one I ever heard. So it still is my favorite. Okay. Clue. Bear Creek. Bear Creek. <laughs> all right. Favorite Brandy song. If you I had to choose one, you can say a couple. <laughs> yeah. I will is always my number one. Okay. That's beautiful. That, yeah. yeah. Hard way home. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, mountains or ocean? Mountains. Both. <laughs> uh, beer or wine? Wine. 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 <laughs> Men or women? Just kidding. You can cut that out. Women. 
if you guys hear the way Kylie announced at the very end of that interview, and I'm not gay. Did you hear? Her yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> um, dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs. Favorite venue? My favorite venue is the Higher Ground in Burlington because you're standing right in front of her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, girls just want a weekend, but the oh. gorge. The gorge after, yeah. Okay. I have um. I have a couple of trick Two questions. More. Two more questions. Um, so this one's for you, Clue. Um, daiquiri or pina colada? Miami Vice. Hell yeah! She got it right! Oh my gosh, she remembered. <laughs> <laughs> that right. was the drink she was having in Mexico whenever we'd see her, Laura. So that was it. <laughs> my whole Yeti was always filled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Laura, this is a trick question for you. Um, whiskey or vodka? Ooh, vodka. But, but I'm a girl through and through, so I wouldn't really, <laughs> you asked the wrong question. We thought tequila. it would definitely be tequila. We were definitely <laughs> convinced that you love the tequila. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have tequila together sometime when we meet in person. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> will you be at the, will you be at Girls Just Wanna weekend? No. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We went last year at the last minute. So if, you know, something. That was, that was an angel we were, gift. We were. <laughs> gifted uh by a fellow Bramley that trip it was just amazing she's our Mexico angel oh yeah, yeah so sweet so we'll and see I, and I, I didn't go at the last minute uh, so yeah. you're not are you going clue yeah yeah uh, I'm <laughs> going are you going to Red Rocks either of you no it's not in the book right now but once yeah. I figure out my coaching schedule, I'll see if I can make it work. But my weekends are pretty packed during the year. So that's why I just go as crazy as I can during the summer. And I'm like all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> right. I like that teacher schedule. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> well, thank you both so, so much. Um, is there anything else that we forgot to ask you'd like to add? Any fun mm-hmm. other stories? I just want to say how much I adore Clue. And I think she's wonderful and I'm so grateful and I appreciate her all that because she, she puts in so much more time than I do doing this. And, you know, I get all this sort of attention because it's my voice on the, on the you know, podcast, but she does all the work. Well, I, I appreciate that, that. We're appreciative of what you guys have created for yeah. all of us. So um, yeah, again, it's been really fun listening to these episodes and I'm just so appreciative that you guys put the the Bramley podcast together for all of us. Yes. Thank you so much. You're both lovely. And it was great being able to kind of flip the microphone on the two of you and Bramley, you'll get to hear a little more about what, you know, you guys are all about, which I think will be really fun. (laughs) Uh Exciting times. (laughs) And um, and again, and you guys too, thank you for all that you're doing with all that delicious jerky and everything you do for the Scout Foundation. Yeah, thank you to both of you for reaching out and wanting to do this. It's it's fun to flip the script for sure. <laughs> and obviously to Laura for creating all of these amazing connections that people wouldn't necessarily have without it. Because I think a lot of times you don't get to see the the behind the scenes of, you know, the sound person or the stage manager or the tour manager, you, you never hear those stories. So I think creating those extra, extra little, little connections are really special for folks. Yeah. The people behind the scenes, making it all kind of work, right. Doing the, the magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We have some cool ones coming up too. So yes, we do. <laughs> can't wait. Well, thanks again so much for letting us do this. It was fun. Uh, that was really fun. Thanks for asking. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Have a great time in Maine on your trip. Uh-huh. And- 
Thank Clue you. We'll be in touch. And Laura, I look forward to meeting you in person one of these days. That would be really fun. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, that was actually really fun. So thank you so much to Breland and to Shannon uh, for turning the tables on us. It was really interesting. And Clue, you were brilliant. Um, so thank you. Uh, and I want to always thank Brandy and Phil and Tim and all of the Bramley. Um, it was really great to see so many of you at Tanglewood. And I'm looking forward to seeing all of you guys in Boston as well. Uh, and possibly Madison Square Garden. So much love to everyone. Bye.